come back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. No! Hi everyone, today on the show we're going to have Jeff King, GM of the Regina Bisons, one of our dispersal draft teams this year. And Jeff, of course, was with the league before in the early 2000s with Tokyo. So let's get started right away. Jeff King. GM of the Regina Bisons. I'm gonna be a pirate on the river Saskatchewan. And it's a heave ho, high, ho, coming down the plains, stealing weeds and barley and all the other grains. And it's a ho, hey, high, hey, farmers by doors when you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's mighty shores. To the show, Jeff. King Jeff, GM of the Regina Bisons. How are you today? All right, I'm doing excellent. Thank you for having me on the show, Ian. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you and welcome back to the league, I'll say. Um, of course, you were you were a uh, GM a while ago. Was it with Tokyo? Yes, it was from 2000 to 2003. I think one of them was sort of those half seasons back in the early days. It was uh, kind of not didn't cross over the years but yeah it was three seasons for the tokyo tsunami okay well well before my time in the league but uh i know we're all thrilled to have you back in the league uh i'm just gonna start off right now and ask where are you from well i was born in regina hence the regina bisons uh-huh. okay. uh I, li- I lived there until i was uh 14 years old in fact i think we moved the weekend of my 14th birthday uh to winnipeg i lived in winnipeg uh through my teen years and then came to uh, Southern Ontario uh, for university. And I've been in Hamilton, Toronto, and Niagara uh, for the last 20 plus years. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, beautiful area. I've visited there. So that's, uh, that's fantastic. Did you, did you grow up playing hockey? Were you playing hockey in Regina and then, then after that as well? Or? Yeah, I played hockey uh, actually only in Regina. I call it organized hockey uh, through to okay. Peewee. Um, okay. Not very, not very well, to be honest. Uh, I was, I was always probably more enthusiastic than skilled. Although I'll say, you always remember your great games, uh, even from like 30 plus years ago. Like I distinctly <laughs> remember the game I scored a hat trick that we lost five to three. Oh well. Um, but uh, I broke my arm in a tournament um, my last year playing hockey. So that'd be Pee Wee age 12 or so, and that kind of threw me off of, of playing organized hockey anymore. And I kind of just dropped it from that point. Um, okay. So since then, I played, uh, well, it's essentially it's a version of floor hockey from Europe called floorball. Um, that's kind of, I, I play and I referee that as an adult for the last uh, 15 years. Uh, and I started playing that at forward and I moved to defense as I got a little bit slower. And then I've been in net uh, the last couple of seasons before, uh, before the COVID uh, situation happened. That's super cool. I took a, an in-service um, and that one teacher's convention, they, they had that as a, as one of the, uh, in-services to go to, to check out. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to check that out instead of going to some boring, uh, boring in-service. So I, I, uh, have actually checked out floorball before 
it's it's really interesting um only playing with the one side of the stick right um if i remember correctly well yeah it's it all the sticks have, sort of have a distinct curve and in fact there's almost sort of like a pocket at the tip of the stick um mm. that allow you to do sort of the, the michigan style um they call it in floorball zorro where you oh. can really actually sort of suspend the ball in the air if you're moving it around fast enough i wasn't skilled enough for that um, but uh, the, the, the sort of the funny thing is the goalies play without sticks and you're on your knees the whole time. So the goalies are like two handed with no sticks. Um, okay. So that's that's a little bit different. And, and the rules are generally it's more of a possession game like uh, like basketball. Um, so there's more of a perimeter play for the offensive team passing around the outside trying to get that open shot. And then it's got things like uh, like free hits like soccer. So if you have a minor stick infraction, there's no penalty for that. The other team gets a free hit and distance. So it plays plays a little different than, than hockey in that sense. But fundamentally, you're playing with a stick, you're playing with a ball, and you're trying to shoot past a, past a goalie in the other net. So it's most like floor hockey. Right. And do I remember correctly that uh, you aren't allowed to touch another player's stick with your stick? Is that right? Yeah, I mean it. That that's the intent. So if you if okay. you tap another player's stick yeah. or like you know make any kind of contact, that'll generate the free hit, um, okay. a, like you know a stick lift or something like that. Uh, if you're hitting it hardly, harshly, then you'll actually get the two minutes. So it's it kind of has that that threshold uh, discretion for the referee at which point it goes from a free hit to a penalty. But generally speaking, it is about possession and position. There you go. All of about floorball, floorball on this podcast here today. I love it. Um, are you in any, so going back to the fantasy side of it, are you in any other fantasy leagues or any other sim leagues? Uh, no, not right now. Um, the SACHL is the only one. I play a little bit of fantasy soccer on like a mobile app just to manage a team there. Because uh, okay. soccer is my other sort of big, big uh, following sport, but, but nothing else uh, from a fantasy hockey perspective. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I had one year of uh, fantasy soccer and that was it for me. I just don't know my stuff. So that I did, didn't do well at all. Uh, I do play a number of other fantasy leagues though, in hockey and football. But uh, you know Norm, uh, lowball Norm, uh, as some of his uh, good friends like to refer to him in here. I had a question from one particular GM in the league is Norm a great friend or the greatest friend what that couldn't be Norm asking that question <laughs> could it um I mean Norm is the funniest friend he's mm -hmm. the longest friend I have going back 30 plus years he's the most generous friend he introduced me to my wife so I will oh, say no. yes Norm is the greatest friend there you, there go. you go Norm <laughs> All right. I think we got the answer that we wanted. That's fantastic. And what, of course, what we all already knew. Um, we've heard for years how you've been the assistant GM in Philly. So staying with Norm there. Uh, what assurances can you offer that there will be no preferential bisons, fire ants pipeline? And are you feeling any preemptive guilt for making Norm do his own draft prep from now on? All right. Well, starting the the first question, I mean, think about your friends and how competitive you are with them. So there's right. definitely no Philadelphia Regina pipeline <laughs> there. Like when a player gets traded from one team to another, does he take it easy on his old team? No, he wants to show it to them for for trading them away. Or and I mean, Norm didn't exactly fire me as the assistant GM, but he's the one that encouraged me to get back in and become my own GM. So uh, he gets what he deserves by by kicking me off of uh, his his squad. 
And I'll say he was always pretty loosey-goosey when it came to drafts, even when I was giving him the the prepared sheet. Um, <laughs> I could have had a guy that might have been on, is recommended to pick a, a solid prospect, and he would go and choose somebody, and I'll just pick a name out of the hat here, like, like Zemgus Gergensen or whatever, just because the guy had a cool name. So I have no guilt whatsoever about leaving Norm to his own draft devices. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, picking the cool names is actually a theme here with the SICHL, as I've found out uh, through the years, for sure. Um, okay, so that kind of answers part of my next question. Uh, when you left the SICHL originally, did you check in on the league and how often? And, okay, so this is a three-parter from, from this, Jim. Uh, what made you come back, and did you initiate the comeback, or did someone reach out? Well, so I left. 20 years ago or so right at right after I got married and so I was newly married uh, we had just moved I just started a brand new job and we had a fixer upper house so between all those things I was just feeling like I had no free time to give the league uh, the love and attention that it deserved and I felt was necessary to be a good GM and just had a lot on my plate um, I didn't really check in probably for several months afterwards just because I was so busy with everything going on. Mm -hmm. um, I finally did the draft prep for Norm, probably not that first year after, but maybe it was two years after when I started to look in again and see how my team had been dispersed, so to speak, and how the players were doing and how things were going on. Then I, I first started checking in. And um, as for when I rejoined, as I mentioned, Norm has probably been bugging me for the last, I would say, probably 10 years to get back into the league and right. I was always kind of putting him off um, just various things going on at work and frankly uh, at home I only have a Mac computer I, I didn't have a PC and it just seemed that the sim only ever had a PC client so I said nah nah and then I, I looked and it said oh you can get a simulator to be able to make it run on a Mac I thought okay well I'll make it happen and I put my name in and sent it off to, to Mike and Mark and here we are Wonderful, and we're really happy that you did. Um, from the your from your original tour with the league, do you have a favorite memory? Well, I guess the, my favorite one was essentially uh, riding Martin Brodeur to the World Division title in my very first season. Ooh, nice. um, so, just like I did this past off season, I won the dispersal draft lottery that year, and I made Brodeur my number one pick. And I didn't have much offense after, um, after frankly, um, I think it was my free agent, top free agent was Ron Francis back in the day. And he was my number one center. And then I had a bunch of schlubs after that. But I rode Broder's goaltending all the way to uh, the division title. And I think he won the star trophy, if not the Dryden uh, trophy for, for top goalie that season. And I made the playoffs as the number two seed in the conference. And I won the first round, and then I bowed out weekly in the, in the second round. I, I mean, frankly, the team played over its head, and I was absolutely thrilled with it, though. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I mean, Martin Brodier will, will do that for you. He's, he's uh, if you're going to pick a goalie uh, of all time, one of the best all time. And uh, that's a nice start in the dispersal draft. Uh, how, much of, how, how much have you found that the league has changed since your original tour now? Uh, maybe biggest difference between then and now and then what do you like about the current configuration of the league well i'd say i probably noticed two big changes uh mm -hmm. coming back 20 years later and the first obviously is the growth in the the league size the number of teams the number of gms 
has obviously made it for way more competitive when it comes to the playoff races than 20 years ago. Um, like I looked back at some of my stats and I was a 500 team over those three seasons, like, you know, barely playing, uh, you know, 550, 450 kind of hockey. And I still made the playoffs all three seasons. Now I'm playing over 600 and the team is fighting for sixth to ninth place. And I'm like, oh my God, barely treading water to get in. So that's the first thing is just how competitive it is. Just like the real NHL, when you went from, I mean, 16 teams making the playoffs back in the old 22 uh, team NHL in the 80s to now it's like, you know, it's it's a hard road uh, to get in, get in. So it it's kind of reflects reality and that's good. Um, the second is just observing from the outside, although I wasn't there, call it the research and intensity around the draft. Like 20 years ago, there were a handful of GMs and I'll, I'll name uh, specifically Martin Levesque, who was around at the time, who absolutely loved the entry draft, and we're all in for it. And I was like, you know, I'd pick up the, the Hockey News Future Pool or the entry draft or whatever it is and do a little bit of research. So there wasn't all this hardcore intensity. But I know now, like yourself, I think, is one, and, and a couple of the other GMs, It's it's got to be like, you know, 10 to 12 guys who are hardcore researching prospects, watching junior mm-hmm. hockey, watching European hockey, and it's super competitive. So I kind of just tip my hat and say, uh, I'll be lucky to find that sort of uh, gold in, when I'm panning in the, in the creek uh, if I get a, a first rounder. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that is that is a real um, big part of the league for, for myself. And I know for a lot is that is that entry draft. And I just love that it's seven rounds and just like the NHL. Um, and yeah, a lot of fun researching all, all that stuff too. Um, okay. Let's get to that Regina question. I think you've answered it already. Uh, why the, why did you choose Regina and the Bisons? Uh, of course, growing up in Regina, that answers that question. Why the Bisons? Well, I, I guess the first go around 20 years ago, I would have picked Regina. Um, okay. but at the time, Brandon, uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings were around and my very first fantasy league before I jumped into the SICHL, I was the Regina Wheat Barons. So I kind of thought, well, I don't want to, to, to copy that too. Um, but also there wasn't a Canadian team available, so I had to go into the World Conference. So I wound up picking Tokyo. Um, so this time around, obviously, I wanted to be uh, in my hometown, Regina. And I think just the Bisons, um, like, you know, there's the University of Manitoba Bisons. Uh, there's a couple of teams that I just thought the Bisons have a strong prairie connection. So Absolutely. once once you, once you kind of knock off the Wheat Kings, the Wheat Barons, uh, the Bisons are sort of I- iconic of that open grassland uh, dominant uh, herds of Bisons in the, the freedom kind of running loose. So I uh, just, just went with a, a very stereotypical symbol of the prairies. I love it. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a great choice. Uh, okay, so I have a guess what you might have chosen if you were placed in the World Conference this time around. Uh, maybe going back to Tokyo, but would it have been a different city? Would you have chosen? Yeah, I would have. So if I had been placed in the U.S., I would have gone with probably one of my favorite American cities, either New York or Denver. Um, okay. So Chicago is my other one, but there's already a team there. So those are my sort of three favorite American cities. If I had been placed in the Euro World Division, I wouldn't have gone back to Tokyo. Um, just to, to mix it up, I would have chosen something else. I probably would have picked uh, something out of England. I would have picked probably Blackburn or Leicester, uh, <laughs> which are the homes of, of the English Premier uh, soccer teams that I've supported over the last 30 years. Excellent, excellent. Oh, wow, the Monarchs would have been 
would have been quite choked actually having a bit of competition there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, su- <laughs> I, I support Leicester now. And yeah. one of the main reasons is I, I kind of like the underdogs. I don't like the big guys, but their their owner is uh, a, a company called King Power. And for a while they had King Power as their sponsor oh. right on the front of the shirt. So I just, of course, just love Perfect. wearing my, my King Power shirt around. <laughs> Excellent. Um, how about... How have your interactions been in the league so far? Uh, and then your favorite aspect of the league? Well, I gotta say the interaction has been great. Um, I think 20 years ago, I was a super passive guy when it came to trades and actual sort of GM to GM interactions. I did quite a few press releases on the message board, but I really think having Twitter has really upped the interactions. Mm. And it certainly has enabled a lot more um, chit chat and then that quick pipeline for trades. So as soon as you want, you don't have to go to the website, look up somebody's email address or anything like that. It's sort of immediately there that that contact. And I think I, I made mention in uh, my one of my press releases on the, the site. Mm-hmm. I've made more deals in the first three months uh, for the Bisons than I did in three seasons uh, for Tokyo. Love it. Love it. And yeah, I, I find myself getting caught not uh, not checking out the forums. Uh, I need to get back in there on the forums and, and be making sure I'm take, uh, taking a look at the trade, the trade bait board and everything. But I just find myself on Twitter. It's just so, like you said, so easy to access everybody and well, access almost everyone that is uh, <laughs> on Twitter. But yeah, uh, really good spot. And uh, yeah, so you were part of this three-team dispersal draft this year. We've heard from um, the Toronto Rex, the T-Rex, uh, and then we've heard from uh, the Jacksonville Gators. Uh, would you change your approach if you could go back and do redo the dispersal draft? Uh, I think I would. Um, and I think, I mean, I'll, I'll admit as much. Uh, I had a regret at passing up uh, either... It would have been Kansas City or Toronto draft picks early um, mm. by sort of being have my hand uh, missing out on those and have my hand on the Brandon draft picks. And, hey, you know, all too well, you're now holding my first round draft pick as a result of trade you at the Banff Rockies must have made with Brandon at some point. Um, that's a big uh, delta in assets losing the first rounder um, and I think the second rounder, there were a lot fewer draft picks with Brandon than the other two teams. Mm. And that immediately forced a shift in my strategy, like after three or four rounds of the dispersal draft and is kind of, I wouldn't say a panic mode, but there's certainly a, a an oh crap moment when you realize the strategy I had to go in was to go for younger assets to try and say, we're not going to compete this season in my mind. You never say that to the fans, but like, mm-hmm. you know, go for, go for a, a win in two or three years now, three, three years mode rather than win this season mode. And as soon as I, I lost out on those picks, I had to switch over to more of a, uh, a win now mode, not having that first rounder. But of course, as soon as you're shifting strategy mid draft of the course of like, you know, a few minutes, you mess up and I wasn't thinking enough about the expansion draft or the waiver draft. And I wound up picking way too many defensemen and not enough wingers. And then of course missed out on a good goalie. So I scrambled a lot afterwards. And I think it's in one of my releases, all the transactions I had to make to essentially compensate it. Uh, I mean, I got lucky, was able to snag uh, Talbot from Okanagan uh, who they got 
in the uh, the uh, the expansion draft, and so it actually gave me that decent goalie that you need to be able to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy with what I've done, but it certainly mm-hmm. wasn't the strategy I had heading into dispersal. I think you've done a, a fantastic job, um, and that was a great pickup that Cal uh, that Talbot pickup for sure. Um, yeah, and that was a really interesting article that you wrote. It really gave nice insight actually into the dispersal draft as, you know, as others couldn't be there to, uh, to see it, but to be able to read like, uh, and, and listen to, um, how it kind of went from a, from a GM's, um, point of view that was in there. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I was a part of a dispersal draft myself, but just with two teams. So it was a lot more straightforward. Uh, with two teams and then with a third team it really throws a wrench in there and when uh when you're at the end when you're picking one or three you and some you're really at the at the mercy of of uh, the other two sometimes like like what happened there as you mentioned i think you said in the uh in there that uh somebody picked uh i think the other team at the other end picked uh the, one of the uh, packages the uh, the draft packages and then that guy in the middle said, okay, well, I'm getting this other one before <laughs> before that uh, Brandon one's just the last one left, right? So uh, yeah, really interesting, ab- actually. Really interesting. It absolutely makes a difference with the snake draft. Um, yeah. You get the benefit of the two picks back-to-back, so it's like, oh, great, I, I snagged two. But then you're waiting for, what, four players before your four picks for your next selection. So it doesn't seem like much initially, but mm. it really has that moment of tension where four players come off the board and you could have had all four of those guys intended. And then you're like, oh man, things just dropped uh, pretty far uh, right. down the list. But I think you did a very nice job, really nice job and and have uh, really done a great job since then uh, of building a nice team for this year. But it's still, it's, it's, you didn't sell it out, right? You didn't sell, like sell the future just for this year you've still got great assets for the future uh brant clark comes to mind uh amongst amongst many other and and just a, a a younger team in general too so uh so well done well done there um who do you see as your key players going forward uh, maybe like your core guys well i actually see myself as having a very small core going forward um okay. Uh, I actually have, if if you look at me, I've actually got a lot of veterans, a lot of guys coming up on UFAs who are big ticket deals that mm-hmm. won't be around after probably two, let's say two seasons. So my core that I think of guys who will be here in the three seasons from now, it's really just like Austin Matthews at center, uh, Matt Boldy on the wing, who yeah. I'm really high yeah. on as, a, as oh, an yeah. upcoming uh, a probable star i'd say and then like you know oliver bjorkstrand sort of a my my tweener kind of winger but really uh, my forwards are are not that deep uh in terms of saying i've got a good core i mean i got a a young young youngish guy like Sonny milano who's uh finally latched on in washington again after some some uh loose times but i've got a lot of guys in their late 20s early 30s who won't be around in a couple years uh, and on the blue line, it's even thinner. I've got just a, a couple of guys who will probably be on the team that are rated uh, from a couple of years from now. Uh, maybe Jacob Middleton, who's not even, I call it a core guy. And then, of course, you mentioned Brent Clark as my prospect. Everybody right. else is kind of like, you know, hoping a prayer on the prospect side or, or not going to be around. And I don't really have a goalie in the pipeline I can rely on. Like, uh, thankfully, I picked up Shalgren. I can see him as maybe a tweener NHL backup or an AHL starter, but certainly not a number one. 
So I'll be honest, I'm probably looking at a rebuild over uh, the next couple of years. I had to, I had to compete this year without the first rounder, but I don't see myself being super competitive two years from now, unless uh, things really fall my way. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, goalies like you, yeah, goalies are voodoo, right? Chalgren could be, could be that guy, right? Who knows as, as we're finding, as we found out a lot in the last couple of years, uh, but um uh, but big time this year, goal, goalies are voodoo. So you never really know who's going to be that guy. I, I thought it was funny what you're talking about, uh, Sonny Milano there. Um, great season last year. He gets a PTO in the other league in the Nahal there and uh, with uh, with Calgary and doesn't stick. And what do they need? A scoring winger. And what's he doing? Like putting up, putting up tons of goals again. So uh, so I like I really like Sonny Milano there. Uh, a nice kind of under the radar guy there. Uh, but Matthew Boldy, what a player! I, I agree completely. Um, he is—he is already turning into a star, and it's gonna—I think he's gonna be a, a big star in this league for a long time. Um, is that would that be the player you're most excited about on your team? Would you say? Uh, I would say probably yeah, Boldy. I mean, yeah. I, obviously Austin Matthews—he's—he's he's gonna be a top player for a long time. Good, be putting up a, a point per game or higher. But I see Boldy as being like you know a 40-40 kind of winger. Yeah. Um, as soon as next NHL season, um, uh, they, they Minnesota in the other league locked him up for long term at pretty big money at seven million a season. Mm-hmm. But that could look like a discount for years from now if he's putting up those kinds of uh, Kaprizov and Pasternak numbers like he's been talked about. Um, Brent Clark is the other one. Like, I think he's had a yeah. hard climb to get to the NHL. He was kind of he's too He's at the age where he couldn't play in the NHL. He got his little tryout um, with the Kings, the nine games or whatever, before he had to be sent back. He went to junior. Finally, the the Canadian team acknowledged him. He he played with all the top players. He's gone back to the OHL and he's absolutely torn it up. Like he's scoring at a two point per game pace in the OHL in the last uh, 10 games. Absolutely right. dominant from yeah. the blue line. And I just, I th- I think he's... He's got a bit of a rap for, I think, his skating style. I haven't watched it too closely to see what the knock on him is there, but he clearly has vision and he's got uh, that ability, I, I think, to be a, a really good defenseman. Well, and and you've put yourself back into the first round as well of this draft. Uh, you do have a first round pick. You're not missing a first round in any of the first five or next five drafts, which is great. You're in the first round every time, so... Well done there too to get back into um, the 2023 first round, which is which is looking really good right now. Um, all right, here's a direct quote from one GM in the league. In the league, will you trade me Austin Matthews? Why not? He's my favorite player. Well, I'll say no. I won't trade you, Austin. <laughs> he's he's not going anywhere this year or foreseeably. No. But I'll say. Uh, if someone were to give me that kind of package that was offered okay. for Shesterkin, yeah, in the off season, I would think long and hard about it, um, okay. because if I didn't have my first and I was like you know down in 14th in the in the conference, I mean Austin's only 25, so yeah. I would still think long and hard. But there's a reason why I made him the first overall pick in the diversal draft mm-hmm. was his his young age and I know that Shesterkin is the top rated goalie in the league and has a super cheap deal and everything 
But I, as I mentioned earlier, I went with the top goalie route my last time around when I picked yeah. Brodeur. And I, I seriously thought if I pick Shesterkin again, I'm doing the same thing. I'm building a team from the back out, which could be a winning team, but it's not necessarily a fun team. So I thought I really wanted to have more of a, a fun scoring team. And so I that's why I was focused a little bit more on scoring and exciting players as opposed to defensive clampdown players and dispersal and in just what I'm trying to do. Right, right. And that that was my next question exactly, is would you move Matthews for the package that uh, Shefty brought in? Um, yeah. Uh, and and they went, of course, one, two in, and then of course they went one, two in the uh, dispersal draft. Um, so yeah, it, that's, uh, it, it would be really tough to, to not go that way. But then you, like you said, you, after the season, so, um, would you have gone in the season? Maybe not. It's a great question. Um, okay. So Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews is on your team, uh, from another GM in the league here. Uh, he's not performing as expected. Do you think that this is a problem with Matthews or do you think it's a problem with the coaching? Uh, okay, so our, some of our GMs are just well, uh, right into it in the league here. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess it's a question of not performing as expected. He's like top right. 10 in scoring in the league. Yeah. And honestly, if he had three more goals, nobody would be saying anything. He's got right, exactly, no. 15 <laughs> goals. If he had 18 goals, there'd be nothing. So, I mean, yeah. he's he's... I think second in the league in shots. So he's just having some bad puck luck right now. Yeah. Um, I am not really that, that bad. Like you said, three off the lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think a couple of bounces here or there and he's fine. Yeah. And I'm just kind of still working out the lines. Um, yeah. I've got a lot of wingers that can play in the top six. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed that Matthews has more penalty mints. He has a, a fight and I was just wondering if, like, you know, other teams, I don't know how the sim works, if they target elite players if they don't have protection. <laughs> so I've decided just I'm, – I'm, I'm trying right now um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, Foligno. Marcus Foligno yeah. uh, as his winger just to see if that gives him a bit of protection and a bit more room to score. Mm-hmm. And then I put uh, Voracek on the on the other wing to give him the, the sweet passes with his yeah. high, high passing rate and see if Austin can bury it. But I think mostly the problem has been – um, he's on my number one power play, and that's not really producing. The number two power play with Braden Shen is the one that's kind of scoring, and my number one power play is just not putting the puck in the net. So I might have to shift around my defenseman on, on that. You and me with those lines, like I am, I am really having troubles with finding the finding something that's going to work on the lines right now. Um, but yeah, that's hey, that's the sim. The sim, uh, you love it or you hate it, and so often you hate it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what player on your team have you been most disappointed with? I would say I've not been disappointed with any okay. player in specific, but collectively, uh, even though I was was winning early, I wasn't happy with my team's discipline. We were taking way too many penalties, and my penalty kill wasn't good at all. So it wound up having me bench a, a couple of guys like Middleton and maybe another player for a couple of games because um, I was just seeing that low discipline leading to a lot of power plays against and then a lot of power play goals against um, when I started to have a bit of a losing streak. So I just wasn't happy with the the team discipline for a while and I kind of shifted things around. Um, but I've been solid in the last uh, 10, 15 games on uh, not giving up a lot of, lot of power plays. So I think that's mm-hmm. worked out. 
That's good. Okay. Um, all right. Well, are you, oops, I just uh, lost my spot here. Okay. Uh, are you a buyer at the trade deadline? Well, it's a bit of a loaded question. Um, yeah. If it means giving up prospects, like good prospects, you, you're not going to get Boldy, you're not going to get Clark for me, and you're right. not going to get like, you know, the 2023 first rounder. So mm -hmm. if, if those are your asking prices, no. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I have a team that should be in the playoffs, yeah. assuming Talbot is healthy. And I could really scare a higher seed if I come in at like, you know, sixth or seventh. Um, it really depends on where things stand as we get close to the deadline. If I can make deals um, that don't touch, call it those three assets, Clark, Boldy, or my first rounder this year, um, I'd be willing to, to move things to to be stronger in the playoffs, like have a, a better backup goalie if if a team is out and they don't they're not worried about it. But of course, everybody's looking for goalies, as we all know. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, and uh, and yeah, and I think you're you'd be really scary in the playoffs as you are a very streaky team this year. We've noticed humongous streaks for this team. I mean, some have not been bad streaks, of course, but uh, this is a team that's rattled off what seven eight wins in a row or something like that um so yeah i mean i don't well there's there's uh 10 teams in the in the canadian conference i don't want to play in the first round or the second round or the third round but I'm, <laughs> we're gonna have to play somebody um but yeah um definitely uh you're not gonna want to play regina uh all right you already mentioned um uh, a little hint at the plan moving forward with uh maybe a rebuild in two to three years here is uh, that pretty much it? Well, the plan right now, and I, I'm 100% yeah. focused on this season, is win now, right now, yeah. is to right. be as good as possible without sacrificing the future. But I've got two key UFAs who are really making my team run right now, and Braden Shen, my number two center, who's mm -hmm. performing really well, and Cam Talbot, who's been obviously carrying the load, but is injured right now. So those are the two that I kind of have to worry about in the off season and whether or not I'm going to uh, FP either one of them and how, how do I approach and, and for going for next season. And if it's not Talbot, then I'm missing a goalie and then I'm kind of in a, a bind for next season. I want a competitive team um, mm -hmm. for next season. I've still got a lot of uh, the veterans on uh, uh, contracts for next year. So I think I can compete uh, next year. Um, but it'd probably be two seasons from now that as the veterans come off the books, I'd be looking at more of a retooling. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a team with Austin Matthews is always going to be a contender in my opinion, for sure. Uh, I hear your jerseys are pretty dope. Any word on when they will be released? My jerseys are dope and mm -hmm. oh my God, I want them to be released. Uh, I've been bugging Mike about this. <laughs> oh, for a while um i don't know what the holdup is you'll have to ask him um i nudged him about them and he said there was going to be a drop for all the new teams okay. uh, at the same time um yeah. i mean i've seen them he's shown them to me but i don't want to spoil it uh he's yeah. he's the mc when it comes to these things so i'll let him choose when and how they get released but i love him uh, he does such an incredible job i just i it, i'm always blown away by every every uh, jersey, every um, logo, everything that he does. So uh, 
I can't wait. I cannot wait to see those. And maybe maybe we need to give us a, a nudge to maybe one of those other uh, new GMs. Uh, maybe somebody else is holding it up back there. And so, let, come on, guys. I want to see these. Let's get going here. But I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see your uh, your jerseys, especially because I, I just love the idea of the Regina Bisons. Um, what's your favorite candy? And then I guess uh, your most hated candy or, or worst candy. Well, I'm going to put favorite candy in two categories. We talk okay. about chocolate bar. Chocolate yeah. bar is coffee crisp, and that might be a little controversial. Little uh, because yeah. I know some people hate coffee crisp. They say it tastes like sawdust. They say all kinds of crap about it, but I love coffee crisp. And Americans okay. don't even know it. So this is uh, just, a, just a Canadian answer. Yeah. Um, when it comes to a candy, I love Swedish berries. Oh, nice. All yes. right. Least favorite. I've yeah. got two on this one. A banana flavored anything. If you put banana flavoring in a candy, you might I might as well just throw it straight in the garbage. It's not even worth worth it. And I hate candy corn too. So okay. I know there are people that love candy corn as well. But again, just keep it away from me. Candy corn seems to be trending on the podcast. It was brought up last week as well. So so that's pretty interesting. Uh, bison or beef burgers? Well, I love a bison burger when it's mm. cooked right. Um, okay. It's a lean meat, so yeah. you need to have um, that fat in it. Mm -hmm. And so you got to cook it like on a griddle or a flat top. So it kind of cooks in the fat and keeps it. If you cook it on a grill, all the fat drips away and it gets really dry. But I love a bison burger. Okay. Uh, plan on attending any summits uh, or the next live draft? I would love to attend summit or live draft. I really regret this past summer. It was local. Um, yeah. But just happened to coincide with my pre-booked vacation, so right. I just wasn't able to drop in. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. We really missed you there. Uh, really looking forward to meeting you at the next one, or hey, any uh, mini summits in in between. If you ever happen to be in uh, Edmonton, or if I'm ever over that way, um, I know that those happen uh, from time to time. So so look forward to to one of those. But um, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on a good location for the next live draft? Well, I'll, I'll throw a, the, the city I'd mentioned earlier, um, mm -hmm. Chicago, one of my favorite uh, American cities. I loved when I visited there. Mm -hmm. I would love to see it more. And I can think in the summer, it'd be great to go and take in a Cubs day game at Wrigley Field, Ferris Bueller style. <laughs> I did. I did love Chicago when I visited there as well. Um, okay, so... The grinder's been around for a while, took a hiatus. There's, there's this kind of, um, and it's back, of course, um, back before you came back. But uh, is this, is it all kind of falling into place? Are you the grinder? Uh, I'm not the grinder, but would I admit it if I were? Right. That has been, that, that has been brought up on the, this show before. Uh, if I am the grinder, I'm not going to be telling you, but... Uh, but yeah, maybe that's telling. Who knows? Okay. Uh, that would be a great long game, though, if I were the it? grinder. I quit the league. <laughs> I wasn't around for 20 years, but I, I was came around back early like, as anonymous. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. That really would be amazing. Coming back early as a grinder again. Uh, okay. Last one. Favorite movie. I cannot pick a single favorite movie. I'm going to throw a few at, out there just because... I love so many. Like, there's the obvious classics, like mm -hmm. Bridge on the River Kwai, 12 Angry Men, both of the Godfather movies, uh, Rear Window. Um, more recently, I've loved, like, Mad Max Fury Road. 
Mm. Um, and a bit more out there movie, Danny Boyle Sunshine. I think it's a fantastic sci-fi horror and check it out if you haven't. But I'm going to go down to it. If you, if you judge a favorite movie by the one you watch over and over again, uh, I've got two. It's Aliens and Spaceballs. Nice, nice. And we just had that uh, favorite John Candy movie um, going around Twitter. Uh, and of course, I, I did see, um, what was his name? Uh, the John Candy's character in that one again, Bar- uh, Barf? Barf. Or- Bartholomew. Yeah. Bartholomew, that's it. Yes, yes. So, um, perfect. Wonderful. Jeff, it has been fantastic getting to know you here on the podcast. Can't wait to meet you in person. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if you started throwing a game or two here or there, uh, but uh, but you've done an amazing job with your team. Uh, welcome back to the league. Well, Ian, I just lost my last two games with my 50 overall rated goalie, so uh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> much appreciated. All right, <laughs> Jeff King, GM of the Regina Bisons. All right, thanks so much, Ian. Thank Bye you. to all this SICHL fans out there. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks so much, Jeff. Great talking with you today. All right. If you'd like to be on the podcast or if you have any ideas for the podcast, just DM me on Twitter at SICHL Rockies. And other than that, bye for now. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back.